When the game is over and you want more. When the news breaks and you want more. When you wake up and you want more. It's highlights, it's breakdowns, it's analysis, it's opinion. It's curbside reaction. Your next day post-game podcast. And it starts now. Obviously a bounce early there and, you know, maybe uh, probably too much defensive zone time and good players are going to make good plays and probably, you know, just maybe it's not that we weren't ready. I just feel like we didn't tilt the dice enough in the first period to uh, just calm things down and before you know it, it was through nothing. You know, I'm not going to go into like the old habit type of thing. I think we know we can play better in here. And, and like I said, when it does go one nothing early or, or maybe two, and got to try and find a way not to let them get that third goal. And, you know, against a good team like that, that got a good goal in that. And you got to find a way to tilt the ice and stop the bleeding early. And just weren't able to do that tonight. And yeah, we had some chances, but we only had 13 shots going into the third period. So, you know, we got the lots to clean up and move forward and focus on a game in, in Florida where we know there's going to be no room again against a good team. And um, that's that plays together and plays hard. Well, there's your captain, Braden Shen, as the St. Louis Blues fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 6-1 to last night at Amelie Arena, beginning their two-game road trip into Florida before coming home for a Saturday night tilt against the Blackhawks, leading into the Christmas holiday break. Hello, everybody. I'm Chris Kerber, and welcome in to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast featuring everything St. Louis Blues. The Blues had won their first two games under Drew Bannister. They went into the third game looking to make it three in a row, something that no head coach in the history of the Blues has done, and that's win their first three games. Let's get you to the highlights. Over and behind the net, it comes loose on the near wing. They shoot, deflected, and in score. A rare mishandling of the puck by Jordan Bennington behind the goal. The Lightning are able to deflect it in. 17.37 to go in the period. Tampa's taking a 1-0 lead. Chernak over the line. I'm sitting around to the far boards. Torochenko quick touch to Pareko near wing to Letty. Up along the boards on the outside to Neighbors. Couldn't get it off the wall before he was checked and knocked down. And in behind the goal, Mott. Centers, loops around, near wing, backhand, Lightning, loose in front, and they find it in the net. The Lightning have scored. 2-0 Tampa, 2.50 to go in the period. Point's going to bring it over the line. Sergachev throws on the brakes into the high slot, puts it in, they score. 13.3 to go. That one felt like that goal was coming right there. The Lightning with a simple wrist shot from the blue line, take a 3-0 lead. Open in shot score. Kucherov. 4-0 Tampa. Was that Sergachev? That was Kucherov with the goal. Lightning go to get it back to the far wing. Near wing. Stamkos. Backs it up to the blue line. Slap shot. Score. Right through the screen of Bennington. And the Lightning had made it 5-0. Flurry shot had eyes. And now the Blues will make the goaltending change to Joel Hofer. Here's Hedman over to the far wings. Tap in front. Tap in goal, Paul from Stamkos. That power play finally breaks through, and the Lightning are on top 6 nothing. Falk to the far wing. Shot to the goal line, and Abers off the wall. Straight away to Falk. He scores! Justin Falk puts the puck to the front of the net. And if it wasn't deflected, it's his first of the year. 4.03 to go in the third. That's got to feel good for Justin. In a bit of a tough game, and the power play goal puts the Blues on the board. 6-1 to one the score, 4.03 to go in the third. The puck comes to the near corner. One second to go, the Blues will clear it out. And that'll be the end of it. 
So that is the first loss for the Blues since the coaching change to Drew Bannister. He met with the media after the game. Yeah, I mean, it was a poor start. We uh, we weren't able to, to, to get to any kind of forecheck, uh, so we were defending. Um, I think we had 10 turnovers, 10, 13 turnovers in, in the D zone, um, 10 turnovers in the offensive zone. When you're doing that, you're going to have to play a lot of D. biggest thing that stuck out to me is, is it was too easy to get pucks to our net. Like we, 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 we weren't willing to get in the shooting lanes. We didn't get our sticks in the shooting lanes, you know, and, and we saw the result. Two of the goals were goal mouth scrambles. We had a little bit of a bad bounce on the first one with the bounce off the wall. You know, the second one we turn, we lose a wall battle, turn it over, ends up in our back of our net. Third one, we turn the puck over under a minute left in the offensive zone, comes back and it ends up in the back of our net. Now you're chasing chasing the hockey game against a really good team. The turnovers, you know, uh, some of it was pressure, but we have to have we have to have support. We have to do better on the walls. Like we have to be stronger in those areas. I didn't I didn't foresee us cheating, but you know, we, like I said, you know, we, we just got to do a better job when we're we're defending. You know, there there was a couple times just you know in the second period returning to D zone like. The, the one goal shouldn't even happen if we just get to our spots quicker, you know, and then we get we get into a penalty trouble a little bit. But to me, you know, the turnovers in both ends forced us to defend. And when we had to defend, we weren't brave enough to get in shots, shooting lanes. Yeah, I mean, he took three penalties. Like, Bucci's, Bucci's a, a good player for us, and uh, he's no good to me in the penalty box. Like, he, he's... He's got to be out on the ice. He's got to be effective that way. And, you know, I think for him, it's it's not only a message to him, but it's a message to the whole team. Like, you know, uh, we need guys to play on the ice. They're, they're no good to us in the penalty box. And, um, you know, so so moving forward, that's that's the standard. Like, guys want to guys play. They have to earn their ice time. And there's your head coach of the St. Louis Blues, Drew Bannister. You know, after the game, during the breakdown, we talked about a lot of different things with Joe Vitale, the big picture. He touched on a tough night for goaltender Jordan Bennington. But also the importance of either coming together as a team or backing each other up as a team. And there were a couple of moments in that game where it could have happened, and it didn't happen. We went through it all, including accountability with Joe Vitale. Well, and you look at the night's game, you know, is it much different than what we saw a couple days ago against the Dallas Stars to start the game? No. I mean, you fall behind by two. The Blues are the exact same against the Dallas Stars. What was the difference? The difference is the power play got you a goal to get back in that game. It was a Brandon Saad goal in that Dallas Stars game that got you a lot of momentum. The Blues had chances on the power play. Uh, not a ton, but they had some good looks there when the game was still within reach. Of course, they don't get the job done. A penalty kill, multiple opportunities. We saw a Thomas breakaway, a Kapanen breakaway, and a Kevin Hayes breakaway. They couldn't convert and extend uh, their wonderful stretch here of goals on, on the shorthanded side of things. And maybe one of those goes in. Maybe it's a different game. To me, that really was the difference. You don't keep it at two, then all of a sudden it gets at three, then four, and then before you know it, it's out of hand. Discipline was certainly an issue here tonight, not only because the Tampa Bay power play is so good. I think it really disrupted a lot of the rhythm of the game. And, you know, Curbs, I think the biggest thing is, and you're not going to say this a lot, maybe on one hand throughout the entire season, your starting goaltender did not have a good night, just plain and simple. Yep. It was not his night here tonight. Jordan Bennington allowed the Kucherov one late in the first period. That was a bit of the dagger to put you down 3 nothing, And then to start things off in the second, Kucherov again off the same kind of half-wall setting, comes in around the top of the circle, a shot on the ice. Not a lot of ton of traffic, and I think it's just one that Bennington does not track. So for all the times this goaltender has kept you in games and has really bailed this team out, uh, he's human. He's going to have bad nights, and certainly this was not his here tonight. Yeah, tough night for Jordan Bennington. Gets pulled. Hofer comes in, does a solid job facing nine shots and and uh, the opportunities that he faced there. And, of course, they, the only goal came on the power play goal from Paul in the third period. That's the only goal that Hofer gave up. 
The other thing, Joe, big picture, you played a role in the National Hockey League of whatever it took to, to stay in the lineup, whatever it took just to battle for your NHL life, really, your NHL career. But in that process, it's about team. It's about having somebody's back. It's, it's about coming together as a team. And whether it was the Janot run that we saw, took it a veteran defense and a Nick Letty got the stick up high, knocked his helmet off. Uh, you, you saw in the end what Asamunt did checking into Kapanen a couple of times. Tampa Bay ran over the Blues a little bit here, knowing that there wasn't much of a response. And, and in the end, there really wasn't much of a response. And whether it be for a teammate or yourself, there is somewhere in here, and I'm going to leave it up to you to define how, like, uh, the coming together of the team and the playing and backing each other up on the ice. Well, I, think I don't that, know how to phrase that properly. Well, I mean, let's just compare the teams, right? You have the Tampa Bay Lightning on one side, the Blues on the other side. You know, it was a couple years ago, or maybe it was even last, last year, year, Robert Bortuzzo ends up running through Vasilevsky right in this in this arena. We're here at Amelie and right to the left side of us, curves, right in this bottom corner here. I'll never forget, he took the puck hard to the net. He got a shot off and just ran right through Vasilevsky. And before you know it, we saw 10 blue gloves just get chucked up in the air. Every member on the ice jumped on Bortuzzo. I mean, that was right after Tampa Bay just won back-to-back cups. I mean, that... That's what championship hockey is all about. It's it's not about you know being tougher than the guy next to you. It's about just being willing. You have to be willing to jump into the mix and be there for your teammates. And and right here, you look at the Tampa Bay Lightning. They've lost some members over the last couple of years. You lose a Pat Maroon. Uh, you know you, you lose you lose some other players there. But you bring in a Tanner Janot from the Nashville Predators, certainly one of the tougher power forwards in the National Hockey League, and, and he certainly kind of bullied the Blues around here a little bit, and the Blues did not have an answer. And, and that's the difference, right? That's the difference between a championship-caliber team you have in the Tampa Bay Lightning, proven champions over the last you know half a decade or so, and then you look at the St. Louis Blues, a team that has a ton of young guys, guys looking to try to find their rhythm, get into the mix of the NHL, and, and look for a role. But I can promise you one thing, you know, figuring out a way to get noticed in games like this, it, it's not – it's not an easy thing, but it's something that is, it becomes mandatory when you're a young player. If you're if you're a human being, if you're a Nikita Alexandrov who wasn't in the lineup here tonight, maybe we see him in on Thursday, coming in and making a point of just getting noticed in the game. We call it the the, the Cal Clutterbuck effect. You got to figure out some way to get noticed in the game. And I think it was too many Tampa Bay Lightning players that certainly were doing some bullying around, and maybe not enough response from St. Louis. And I know you're down in the game. I know it's four nothing, five nothing game, but some of the times when your players were getting knocked around, but You'd be surprised what that response has and, and how that can be an infectious thing moving forward to create a winning culture of, of a team. And I don't know if the Blues had enough of that response here tonight. Well, and for example, it was the fourth line on the ice right at the end of the second period when you're trailing the game 5 nothing, and Janot took that run at Nick Letty. Mm-hmm. When you knew he intentionally, that was what he came on the ice there to do and did. And sometimes it is recognizing as a young guy, coming out, you've said this a lot before, coming out of your comfort zone. Yeah. Now, you're looking at a human game. You're, I mean, a, a, a Mackenzie McKechnie is bigger. A, a Torupchenko is bigger, right? But you got to do something. To, and, and, and even if you just get right in the face of Janot and hold on for dear life mm-hmm. and don't let him get arms at arm's length until the linesman get over, do something. Yeah. You know, if you're Torupchenko and you're cutting through the net, doesn't hurt you every now and then to bump the goaltender right. when you're down for nothing. Yeah, they would have been coming after you. Yes, you would have taken a, on a penalty, but you're – you're doing something to, to create some emotion and stir it up. And that's where there is opportunity for some of these young guys to take another step, fire some things up. Well, you got to do something. I mean, listen, you have 
Doug Armstrong, your general manager, is sitting over a few blocks from us. The players know he's on the trip. You got Al McGinnis, the Hall of Famer here. You got Brad Richards, who they just took upon board from a power place uh, specialist. Um, who else is in the box over there? Tim Taylor. Tim Taylor's here. Tim Taylor's here as well. Player yep. development. You have a ton of eyes watching you here tonight, and and I think sometimes you know players forget that this is an opportunity, but it can t- be taken away at any moment. This is a Blues team. If, if I'm on this group right now, you got a healthy group of players. You got Nikita Alexandrov, you know, who's watching. You got Scott Prunovich is waiting to get back in. You have an army of willing soldiers down in the American League. I mean, Adam Gaudet is on a tear in the American League right now. You know he's just waiting for his opportunity to get back up here. And, and pretty soon, if you see enough games like this and you're Doug Armstrong, you're going to say, well, if you're not gonna, if you're not a goal scorer, if you're not a playmaker, and you're still not getting noticed, then this is where we gotta filter some other players in here to see what they look. I mean, before you know it, you're gonna see players like Dean and Bull Duke getting opportunities because if if you're not a fourth line, third line player that's kind of mucking up and mixing up and just getting noticed to some degree, whether being physical or going to the net or jumping in there for Tyler Tucker's sake, right at the end as he was getting kind of one punched by Chernak. I mean, those are the little things that stand out in the game, and and I think it's just the recognition for young players to realize this thing is not forever, and as soon as you're in it could be one day one calendar day flip and all of a sudden you're right back out again so a little bit more urgency I think a little bit more passion Uh, that's going to be the call out for this Blues team now as they move in to face the Florida Panthers here in a couple nights okay accountability is a word that Doug used a lot accountability is a word that uh, Drew Bannister brought up as well and whether it's accountability whether it's whatever the situation may be you mentioned Pavel Butchnevich there. He, from the 12.35 remaining on the clock for the rest of the third period, and that was when the Blues were on an actual – well, he took that last penalty. He did not see the ice the rest of the third period, only three minutes and four seconds of ice time. As a head coach, Drew Bannister, no matter who it is on your roster, that, that starts it, – it's the tone that you're going to set with whomever you need to set it with. Yeah, I listen, you take one penalty like that, his first one in the offensive zone, that's a, that's a no-no, and he knows it too. You know, you're 120 feet away from your own net. You're on headman. It's a 1-1 battle, and you get your stick up in a bad area. That That's a no-no, but I think you let that one slide. You take another hooky one there in the second period, also another bad one where you get caught behind, but, but third's way too many. And I think this is where, you know, Drew Bannister said he wanted to come in here and, and have some accountability. And I think just plain and simply look at the game here tonight, Pavel Buchnevich did not have a good night. Just that That's just a fact, right? And I think that not only did he not have a good night, but he really hurt the team by putting them down for six minutes of, of now killing penalties where you've already left your goalie you know, hang out to dry a lot of times. All of a sudden, Joel Hofer comes in. You take another penalty in that third period. And, of course, they score on that one. Backdoor from Nick, uh, Nick Paul, of course, from Steven Stamko. So too many opportunities, too much behind the play. Not good rhythm in the game is one thing, but to take three hooking penalties all in the same game against this very good Tampa Bay team is enough to raise the kind of the eyebrows of your head coach. And he came in saying we're going to hold players accountable. He didn't care if you're Hugh McGing or, or Robert Thomas, and he stood by that word. And so if as a player right now, if you saw Pavel Buchnevich get sad after being a top-line guy uh, all year long, uh, that that's a warning sign. Straight shot across the, the locker room, across the team, saying this coach means business. He's not a talker. He's going to come in. He's going to let actions follow up those words. And if you're not on your game and you're going to play this type of hockey, you're going to be sitting on the bench. And, and that's what we saw tonight from 89. All right, what do you have for your Bud Light three stars of the game in your hard hat? Number three here tonight, Justin Falk with his first goal of the season. I thought he looked good. Number two, Vasilevsky. He got the win. And Kucherov, number one, with the two goals. And I really like Kasperi Kapanen's game here tonight. He was burning all over the place. Could have got rewarded a couple times there, but I thought his, his motor was certainly going. I hope for some success offensively for him 
uh, before the Christmas holiday because he's certainly uh, been moving his feet and some good things are happening because of it. So Kapanen will get the work boots here tonight. All right, Joe, thank you very much. Tim Woodburn, a veteran hockey broadcaster of 13 years. He's also covered a major and minor league sports for the last 30 years. He is a St. Louis, and he's a great buddy of mine, and here's his thoughts on last night's game. Well, Chris, I want to address the elephant in the Blues locker room after another big loss tonight, this time by five goals, and that's the power play. We've harped on it all year, but let's start to break it down. At some point in time, Drew Bannister needs to make some changes to the personnel, and it starts with Jordan Cairo. He's a perimeter player. He scores off the rush. He's one of the top five players in the NHL in terms of rush chances per game. That's what Jordan Cairo does. His speed creates opportunity and odd man rushes, and he's good at finishing those. What he's not good at is tipping pucks in front of the net, going hard for rebounds. And he has gone the entire season without a power play goal. 31 games without a power play goal. It's time to give somebody else a chance. Maybe it's Sunkfist, maybe it's McGing, maybe it's somebody, anybody who can create on the power play. It's time for somebody to step up because this can't go on all year or they're going to go nowhere. For Curbside Reaction, this is Tim Woodburn. Tim, thank you. Time now for my takeaways from the game at Amelie Arena. And let's start with Kasperi Kapanen. Joe Vitale gave him the work boots. Who do the Blues have or what do the Blues have with Kasperi Kapanen? He's a player that the Pittsburgh Penguins put on waivers last year. The Blues picked him up. He had a very good offensive ending to the season, but there really wasn't a lot on the line. This season, we have seen him play just about anywhere in the lineup from the fourth line to a top line and gotten a reasonable amount of games in all of those scenarios. Do they have an offensive player, a really strong offensive player? It doesn't look like that's the case, but do they have a player that can fly? Do they have a player that can chip in with offense? And do they have a player that is good defensively? That's what it looks like Kasperi Kapanen is 31 games in. If you have that, you can build defensively from the back end from a forward standpoint, and a guy like that can be effective. He's an unrestricted free agent at the end of the year, so who knows what this scenario may go. But now through 31 games, it's starting to look like the type of player and what reasonable expectations should be from Kasperi Kapanen. He was the one St. Louis Blue that was flying last night in the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Second takeaway from the game, you know, net front presence is a big deal. It's something that struggled for the Blues last season. In the last 20 games or so, it's become an issue again. And the first two goals for the Tampa Bay Lightning were goals that were scored due to net front presence issues. So that's something that the Blues are going to have to keep an eye on. But becoming a harder team to once again battle with when the player is there is one thing, but also a little harder to get to the middle of the ice is part of it as well. Those are some of the defensive adjustments that the Blues have been working on throughout the season. And the number one takeaway from last night's game, man, the Blues are good shorthanded. I know they gave up a power play goal. I know there's a big discrepancy between the road and the home penalty kill, but they lead the league with eight shorthanded goals, and they had three glorious shorthanded chances in this game. They could have come away with two more shorthanded goals. Some of the best chances on the powerful at play for both teams honestly came on shorthanded chances, three for the Blues and one for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Whatever is going on with the Blues from a penalty killing standpoint, while there is again the gap between how they're playing at home on the penalty kill and on the road, that could be teams, that could be luck, that could be a bunch of different scenarios. Boy, the one thing they're doing is putting pressure at the blue line and creating chances, and the Blues have become a threat to score when they are on the penalty kill. Man, oh man, is that penalty killing pretty solid for the St. Louis Blues. But in the end, not good enough. The Blues fall to the Tampa Bay Lightning by a score of 6 to nothing. Two more games to go now before the Christmas break. The Blues head down to Sunrise, Florida, take on the Florida Panthers coming up Thursday night. And then Saturday night, before the mandatory three-day break, the Blues are back home 
Blues and Blackhawks. If you haven't ever brought your kid down to a Blues-Blackhawks game, well, initiate them to the rivalry in a game right before Christmas. It'll be a fun one on Saturday night at Enterprise Center. Thanks for tuning in to Curbside Reaction, your next day post-game podcast. Put it up for you every single morning the day after the Blues play. So if you miss a game, you miss any aspect of the post-game show, you miss any opinion or analysis, we've got it for you right here the next morning. And you can download it on any one of the podcast platforms or listen to it at 101ESPN.com slash podcast. I'm Chris Kerber. Thanks again for checking out the podcast. Have a great couple of days, and we'll see you at the rink.